Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC FM, and Light 100.5 WRZH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by Carol Reimers. She is president of the League of Women Voters of Connecticut. Good morning to you. Good morning. We are approaching two weeks until Election Day, and Connecticut is doing a lot of things differently this year because of COVID-19, including sending out absentee ballot applications to everyone. And a lot of folks have taken the state up on that and are asking for those ballots to vote by mail this year. How are things going so far? Well, I think they're actually going pretty well. Uh, We know that there's uh, already been record numbers of uh, applications sent back and uh, ballots to be sent out. So uh, I think uh, that uh, maybe having a primary sort of uh, practice session was a good idea uh, that we were able to do that. It wasn't all the voters, but I think people got uh, a chance to try it out. It's still something we want people to be very careful about how they fill out their ballot once they get it absentee, uh, because it's a. There are a few places that we want to people to be aware of that they they could get caught out. In particular, uh, signing the inner envelope. Uh, sometimes people forget to do that, and so we just say we urge people to be very careful. Uh, you know, follow the instructions carefully and before you take it back and put it in the Dropbox or mail it back to your town clerk. You talked about signing the inner envelope. What are some of the other pitfalls that people have to watch out for if they're voting by absentee this year? Um, I think that, uh, again, the instructions on the inside, um, just, you know, make sure the ovals are filled in well uh, next to the candidate that you want to vote for. Um, because unfortunately, uh, unlike when you vote in person and you have uh, what they call what we call a spoiled ballot, uh, you can't turn it in and try again with your absentee ballot. So, um, you know, make sure that it's the inner envelope is sealed and dated, and you put your you sign next to the X, and um, you know, then put it in the outer envelope. Uh, that you know, the outer envelope is there to protect. Uh, protect your vote, make sure it's more secure, and then you can either drop it in the mail or take it to uh, the drop box in your town. Many drop boxes are located right near the town or city hall. Uh, And in some of the cities, there's some extra drop boxes located 
We've also heard from town clerks that you can only put one ballot in per envelope. So if you have a spouse or something, don't mail both ballots back in the same envelope, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. That's a, another thing that sometimes happens. People think, oh, we'll save postage. Uh, but no, you don't want to do that because it's one person, one vote. And uh, putting it in that outer envelope, just one inner envelope in the outer envelope makes it uh more secure and that your vote will be then counted. We don't want to, we don't want anything to, to trip up uh, the counting of your ballot. So that all that's up, that's really key is just be very careful and, and take your time while you're filling it out. We heard earlier about issues related to late delivery of mail. That was an issue during the, the primary in August in, in some cases, is there any indication so far how the Postal Service is delivering for the general election? Uh, yes. Actually, my understanding is that they will, uh, you know, there has been some concern about envelopes that may not have postage paid printed on the envelope. And uh, the understanding from the Secretary of the State's office is that the post office will deliver that uh, mail anyway. If it's election mail, it will go through. So... You know, and, and as I said, if, if you're feeling anxious about that, uh, the, the drop box is definitely secure. It's locked. The only person that can get into it is the town clerk or another elected election official. So, um, you know, if you just want to be absolutely sure, uh, use the drop box, but you can feel safe putting it in the mail as well. Now, say you have requested your absentee ballot and you have it and it's sitting on the kitchen table. That's something you, you kind of want to fill out in and get in as soon as possible because elections officials have a, a lot of work to do between now and Election Day. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, our election officials are working hard uh, in every town to make this uh, a successful uh, election. And we're dealing with a different a volume of people who will be voting absentee than we've ever had historically in Connecticut. And we're also, you know, I think it's a good thing to remember that we're putting an absentee ballot system on top of a system that, that um, is not used to uh, this large a volume. You know, if we had no excused absentee ballot already in place, that would be a slightly different system set up to make it go. So I think we just have to remember that, this is a different system than would be ha- we would be expecting to have uh, for this volume of absentee ballots. So you're right. Town clerks and, and registrars are trying to be as prepared as they can. I know that, uh, you know, in some of the cities, they're, they're, you know, putting the envelopes in boxes so they can be sorted and ready to go. Um, so that they're able to, um, you know, count the votes on election day. Do you have the sense that local officials have all the resources they need to make sure things go smoothly? I think so. Uh, I know that, you know, that obviously in the cities, they're going to need a much uh, larger sort of support system and, and extra volunteers. Uh, the secretary of the state has been, has a website set up. Um, if you go to myvote.ct.gov backslash volunteer, uh, then you can sign up. It's actually a general volunteer page for 
lots of different things, but you can mark that you want to volunteer for elections. Um, and that way, that system is going to be then people's names will be distributed out to the, to the municipalities. But also if you want to check with your own town clerk or registrars and see if they need help, that's great. The federal government has given some funding for the, from the CARES Act uh, that will provide uh, towns and municipalities to be able to, you know, hire some extra people uh, and bring them in to help with, with whatever area of the election they need help with. So, I, you know, I think uh, there's a lot, been a lot of effort put into trying to make it run uh, smoothly with, with the expectation that there would be this high volume, which we were experiencing now. Now, backing up for a moment, the League of Women Voters was one of the federal plaintiffs earlier this year that sought to expand vote by mail in Connecticut. Did you get everything you wanted? The lawsuit was specifically to make sure that we could get uh, COVID as an excuse uh, for the absentee balloting uh, as we had in the primary. And yes, we got what we wanted, which is why the uh, lawsuit did not go forward uh, once the uh, legislature uh, passed uh, the, the legal language to allow uh, the no excuse absentee ballot for this November election. Um, we will still be the League of Women Voters of Connecticut. We'll still be working hard to, uh, in the next legislative session, to try to uh, get the wheels of uh, government going so that we can have early voting and no excuse absentee voting, uh, which takes a little bit of a process. The legislature has to vote on it and then a ballot question will go to the citizens of Connecticut to to agree to a change in the language of the constitution. So that's why sometimes people say, why don't we have this already? Uh, It's because it's in our constitution and we need to go through the usual process uh, when you're making a change to the constitution. So, We're good for this November, but we'll have to do some more work for the future. Now, in addition to maybe changing how the absentee ballot process works in the future, would the League of Women Voters also support some sort of early voting mechanism? I know early voting is already underway in a number of states around the country. And again, as you noted, that's something that has to be changed in the state constitution. Yes, uh, and we would definitely be in favor of that. Uh, we're we're always looking for uh, voting to be as accessible as possible for everyone. And early voting allows uh, people who, you know, have jobs where they can't necessarily get to vote on a, you know, on a Tuesday in November. <laughs> and so um, we, you know, we just want it to be uh, something that every citizen feels is easy, uh, accessible, safe, and that that way we are hoping that that would increase the number of people who vote. Uh, currently, we you know uh, we all know nationally and in Connecticut that not all the voters vote, <laughs> or all the people eligible to vote vote. So we would hope to have uh, lots of ways that people could take their part in their democracy. History tells us that presidential years always see higher voter turnout. Is there any indication how high that turnout might be this year in Connecticut? You know, if you were to look at the absentee ballot uh, 
the numbers of absentee ballots, I would think that it's going to be a very, uh, there's going to be an increase in what we've seen in previous years. Uh, it's kind of hard to gauge because some people, some of the people who have voted absentee this year probably would have gone in and voted in person in a different year. Uh, so it's a little hard, it's a little early to tell if uh, that's an indicator of uh, of more uh, in-person voters as well. But my suspicions are that it is. Uh, we're also seeing a lot more um, uh, activism among citizens uh, wanting to know more about, you know, the League of Women Voters. We have a lot of voter education information and We've been getting contacted by a number of other organizations and groups who want to um, share that information with their members. And so I think the interest is definitely higher this year than it has been in the past. You're listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Carol Reimers. She is president of the League of Women Voters of Connecticut. We've been talking a lot about absentee voting, but Tell us how things are going to look differently if you decide to vote in person this November. Well, I'm really glad you asked because uh, I know there's a lot of people who would like to continue to vote in person. As one person expressed to me, I, I just like the feeling of seeing that I've written out my vote and it goes in the machine and I know I voted uh, and I and I get my I voted sticker and I feel very uh, pleased with myself. So um, I think that there's a lot of people who'd like to do that. Um, some people just feel that um, they're, they feel it's more secure that they can actually see their ballot being counted. So I think that there will be a lot of people who will still opt, you know, as long as they're not at risk for COVID, that they'll still opt to go in in person. And I think they'll see, as we did in the primary, that the polling places are are being very carefully sanitized. Uh, there's being extra attention to wearing masks and making sure that the environment uh, that people are voting in is safe uh, health-wise, as well as uh, secure, uh, you know, for the vote. So I yes, I I really encourage people if you if you want to vote in person to not feel nervous about it. Um, and you can always check with your town. You can call up your uh, registrar voters and and just sort of ask what precautions they're taking if you're if you're concerned. But I know that from our reports in from the primary that everyone was quite pleased who went and voted in person. And I know you can still vote in person even if you have requested an absentee ballot, but it seems this year, probably more than ever, it's important to have a plan for what you're going to do to vote. Yes, yes. We, uh, every election, uh, we encourage people to have a plan. It, it sort of sounds simplistic, but if you actually think to yourself, uh, I, you know, I know I have to work from... Uh, eight to five. Uh, I'll either go after work and I'll make sure that I get there before the polls close at eight. So I think just like the, that with absentee ballots, it's the same thing. If you want to vote by absentee, you uh, should have sent your application in. If you haven't done that yet, you can uh, get an application from the Secretary of the State's website uh, and just download that and fill it in and send it into your town. Also, then once that once the town clerk gets it, then they will check to see if you are uh, a registered voter and then they will send you an absentee ballot. Uh, and then you can, as you said, if it's sitting on your kitchen table, 
Uh, I encourage you to fill it in now and send it in if this is the way you want to vote. If for some reason you suddenly think, you know, I really would like to vote in person, um, you could just, uh, you know, dispose of that ballot, uh, you know, tear it up or throw it away or whatever, uh, and come in person uh, so that you still have that option if you haven't mailed it in. Once you mail it in or drop it in the drop box, then the town will count your vote and you will have be considered as having voted for this election in November. There have been some issues that have cropped up so far in Connecticut related to absentee ballots. I believe in, in Vernon this past week, a uh, hundred or so ballots went out with the wrong candidates on them. I, I know there have been some some mailing issues related to the mailing house that the, the state has used to send out the, the applications. How concerned are you that these are just minor blips or is this a more nefarious issue going on? I don't believe it's anything nefarious. I mean, I think everyone is working really hard to adapt to, um, as I said earlier, sort of a new system, a new way of voting with this many absentee ballots being requested and being sent out. And because, you know, we're trying to put a new system on top of us, an older system that is not prepared for it, there are going to be some mistakes and human error, but I think, um, there, you know, at least right now, we still have a lot of time to remedy those errors and to make sure that if something has been discovered to to need to be redone, like a ballot, uh, that that there's time to do that. Um, you know, I think we all need to be patient this year. It's going to be uh, probably take longer to count the votes because of the number of absentee ballots, and I think we just. You know, I it's I know it's people get excited. It's a presidential election year. It's uh, very, you know, lots of things are in the news. People are talking about all different ways of voting and what's going to happen. And I think, you know, we really urge as legal women voters to to realize that the town clerks and the election officials, as I said earlier, are really trying to do the best job they can. Mistakes happen. You know, we're human. <laughs> Nothing's going to be perfect. Uh, but I think if we all agree to be patient and understanding and, you know, uh, if we see something that we think is an error, uh, obviously, you know, go to your town and ask about it or or contact the secretary of the state's office if you have a real concern that you think they may not know about. Um, but again, like I said, I think with with respect to that, they're working very hard to do what they are doing. And like I said, it'll be pay. I mean, it may take a few days. So let's all, you know, chill out and be ready to uh, find out what the vote is, even if it takes a day or two. I know some people get excited seeing these these national headlines about voting issues in, in other parts of the country. But a lot of those issues may not apply to Connecticut because, you know, each state has its its own system. And in Connecticut, we are very decentralized. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, when I talk to some of the other league people who live in other states, you know, they're surprised that we don't vote by county, that we vote by individual towns and cities. So I think it's, again, uh, something for us to be aware of when you read something uh, that feels sort of uh, gets you sort of nervous or upset. Um, 
you know, check out and make sure whether it's something that is happening in another state and doesn't even apply to Connecticut. And, uh, you know, I think the, the national news, while it's important to know uh, what's going on with the, the candidates who are running for, you know, federal office, like the president and the Congress, uh, it's also important to know what, uh, what happens in your own state. And so um, I, I agree with you completely that we need to be aware that Connecticut may not handle voting in the same way as another state, Georgia or uh, California or Wisconsin. There's, you know, lots of different voting systems in each of those states. That's a perfect segue. What advice do you have for voters when it comes to getting accurate information, not only about the candidates on the ballot, but about voting itself? Because there have been warnings about misinformation being out there, especially as we get closer to Election Day. I can tell you that you can go to the League of Women Voters, uh, our web state website. We have a, a lot of voting information up for voters, and we're constantly updating it um, as needed. Uh, and that is lwvct.org. Uh, also, uh, there's a website that is run by the National League of Women Voters, but there is a section on Connecticut and it has a lot of information there. And it's called vote411.org. And uh, we have this year, the Connecticut League has invited uh, candidates running for state, uh, the state offices uh, in the General Assembly to supply uh, their information and answer some questions in our voters guide. So uh, I encourage you to go there. You can find out we are nonpartisan, so we don't support candidates or political parties. So the information we're sharing is what they have given us. But I think it might be helpful if you're still on the fence about which candidate you'd like to vote for. So uh, I encourage you to look for for our resources if you need them. And to the cynic who says, well, you know, it's a presidential election year. There are going to be tens of millions of votes cast. Does my single vote really make a difference? Remind us that, you know, we're also talking about local elections that often have very slim margins. You're absolutely right. Uh, It's true that we think you know, again, like I said, the excitement always seems to be on the on the federal and national races. But we have, a, as I just mentioned, the General Assembly, uh, both the state senators and state representatives are being are up for election uh, this year. And that's very important to the state of Connecticut and what our future is. And in some cases, there's uh, local, you know, local officials being uh, elected. So I think that sometimes we we look at what's on social media and television and think, well, that's really what we should care about. But I really believe that we should be uh, looking closer to home and caring about who we elect locally and who we elect in our state. You mentioned social media. Should people maybe assess things they see on social media with an extra degree of, of caution? Absolutely. We are, uh, in fact, we've been promoting um uh, that people be careful about disinformation. Unfortunately, uh, social media is a wonderful system for us to communicate with each other, but it also is a system that is fraught with uh, lots of misinformation and disinformation. So uh, we encourage people that if you see something 
that you like uh, or even you dislike and you want to share it, please uh, look first to see where it came from and that it's factually based. And I think if it's something that you're unsure of, it's recommended that you don't even respond to it by don't even dislike it, you know, don't or, you know, just leave it alone and not spread it. Because the more, uh, even when you dislike something, it, it still gets spread more by uh, the bots and other things that are, you know, manipulating communications on social media. So just be very smart and make sure you double check um, just because it feels good or it's, you, it agree, you agree with what's being said it doesn't necessarily mean that it's factual. So um, please uh, be careful. (laughs) She is Carol Reimers, president of the League of Women Voters of Connecticut. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, thank you. I was grateful to be invited and look forward to the election on November 3rd. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.